Hey everybody, I am Griffin Burns, the voice of Child in Genshin Impact, Akira and Devilman Crybaby, uh, Moichiro and Demon Slayer, and Dopio and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And I have the pleasure of being on Points of Experience Podcast. Thanks for watching. playing Genshin Impact and we, were, we just saw the news that Tartaglia was going to be a new character mm-hmm voiced by Griffin Burns who coincidentally is our guest today how, how crazy we it's crazy because I mean there's so much stuff crazy about this and then we could finally talk about this because um we don't get to it in the episode but uh uh I had the the privilege and honor of being a co-lead with griffin in the game that i did neo the world ends with you so he played fret and i played rindo and then so as this is all happening me and joe are knee deep in genshin impact at this point we are knee deep this dude's re-rolling accounts to get freaking (laughs) deluxe do you remember that man dude guy was making smurf accounts (laughs) like to get the perfect initial roll of 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 five stars on your first like free (laughs) set of primo gems right listen i wanted my diluke and i put the time in and i got it just pure i'm a freaking gamer dude pure (laughs) gamer i i I remember pulling that diluke i think you went to sleep and it was like 2 a.m and I screamed, and yes. I sent you the picture, and you, and then I think you got him like, I don't know, a few days no, later. No, I got a venti. That's what I did. I had venti, and that was like my five star that I had. That was good. I didn't get dilute until like way further I remember down. You did eventually, get and him, I was though. I was very salty that I never had gotten him <laughs> because like he was so good in the beginning. I know it's probably changed and so different, but Joe and I, let's be real here, okay? We should play again, honestly, like. I hope that there's 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 other end game content because that's what we were really hoping for. Spiral Abyss. I mean, we were three star in that stuff like it was yeah. nothing at the you time. You were like and the I, man with that stuff. You dude, were helping Neil. Yeah. Well, listen. We before just so people understand this, we were AR like fifty six like oh, two yeah. years ago. You know, like that's how deep we were on Genshin Impact. Funny enough story, I was posting TikToks about Genshin Impact character <laughs> builds. I did a build on Child and Tartaglia. And then I wound up deleting all that stuff because I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to be a Genshin Impact content creator, even though I had a lot of fun playing it. But that's the funny, my little funny story about it. But we went hard on that game and Griffin was so good. Um, that arc, like even just seeing that fight that you had to do versus him. Yeah. He was so good and when he played, uh, you know, uh, his, his, the Dark Self or the the harbinger version of himself like that whole child fight was just so good that that's like when the game really i thought was like okay this is getting good when his character came out well did you see that there's like a whole new map or something coming out like very soon well i think there's a new one so we played it when the iceland was there and then there there's a new one that came out so there is a new one that like very recently yes yes it's like inazuma i think is what it's called i think or something like that oh so it's Um, out okay yeah so it's out so that that exists and you know it'd be interesting to go back to it but griffin like this this guy can we just be like the dude has voiced 
he was in Pokemon Snap, his new show Bat Wheels, which is coming up. Like, you guys got to keep, that's coming out, like, I think in September, so about a month away. He's been in Dragon, Rescue Riders, he was in the Addams Family 2 movie, uh, Fire Emblem, Attack on Titan, he plays Colt in, in the new uh, seasons of Attack on Titan. He did uh, Blue Ooh, yeah. Children, or the Orbital Children, or sorry, Blue Period, Orbital Children, Demon Slayer, uh, uh, Tales of Arise, uh, he's been in Record of Ragnarok, My Life is a, uh, I, I can just literally, the, the, the list here is insane. Why don't you name the things he's not in? It would probably be shorter. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Seven Deadly Sins, which was Come one on. of my favorite animes of all time, my gosh, but yeah, how, how the, the, the guy is extremely talented, he's one of the hardest workers I know, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, Dopio is one of my favorite characters of all time, and, uh, I'm, 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 privilege we're privileged here to, to to have griffin burns um there's nobody quite like him um that i've met in this industry and it's it's just he's a he he is a magical human being and you're gonna find out why very shortly before we cut to that that, that amazing episode which we're about to do this is a great ep- a moment to tell people what joe what should people be doing for us as a favor for all these amazing podcasts that we present just take your finger or any of your body parts, hover it over the subscribe button, and just click it. Yeah. Just click it. We know you know how to click. We know you you know you're playing Fortnite. You're clicking. You're shooting people. You know. In yeah. The game in the game. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Or maybe just, they're getting primo gems. You know. Maybe they're getting primos. Right. Well, I mean, regardless, you can probably click the mouse, and yeah. you know what? Just throw it over the subscribe button, and and maybe the Apple Podcast review button. That's what I'm talking about, baby. That Apple Podcast five star review. It's looking real. You know what? Maybe, maybe if I I heard this is a this is you know lore right now, but if you give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, I hear you get a, a code for Primo Gems. I don't know if this is true. <laughs> There's only one way to find out, though, right? You know what? Back then, we would do anything for Primo Gem codes. <laughs> yeah, so. Primo Gems. Scratch like crack. Another. I need to pull another. Uh... The temple, the temple. Gosh, <laughs> amazing, amazing. Everybody, uh, stay tuned for one of the best episodes we've had so far with a great human being and one of the most talented voice actors in the business, Griffin Burns. Goodness, Griff, it's. I feel like it's been a week since I've seen you. Yeah, it, it's. <laughs> it has been. <laughs> so I didn't know that you were a, a, a semi-pro bowler. What, uh, is, is there? Is that the only uh, hidden talent that I'm gonna come to know about, or are there uh, other things that you're secret, secretly amazing at, and you went before with? There might be some other things that pop up. Um, yeah, but I I bowled a good bit in college. Actually, I was on a track and cross country team, but uh-huh. we had like a Tuesday night bowling thing that we kept going for like six months and one time i bowled a 198 i was two points off of 200 so damn um, and i actually my parents got me a, a bowling ball at age 18 and it lived in the trunk of my car and then uh, one day i checked up on it and it was cracked in half from the heat <sighs> the california sun destroyed my bowling ball dude i didn't know that that was even a possibility yeah, what? if you uh, don't leave your bowling ball, kids, don't leave your bowling ball in a hot car. <laughs> It'll yeah. break open. But then you could like do something cool with it, like plant a flower in it or 
I don't know. I was thinking about doing something artistic with it, but I, I didn't. I just threw it away. You know what I watched? I don't know if you've ever seen the show. I've been I've been obsessed with it. Nathan Fielder produced it. I don't know if you know who Nathan Fielder is. We, uh, how... I was just talking about him with my bandmate. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So do do you know the other show he produced called How to with John Williams? He We're... it's like a. We were you just were talking, talking about, about that it. today at lunch. Oh my gosh! Wow, how <laughs> funny! There's an episode where they go to this bowling ball uh, place where they make bowling balls, and they are, there's a, yeah. apparently a bowling ball company that infuses like fragrances into Whoa. the balls. That's like their specialty. I guess there's a market for everything. You can literally make a living out of the most that's, bizarre combinations of things. That's wild. Um, I just saw him on like TikTok the other day, and his his style of comedy is. Really uncomfortable, but really funny. <laughs> that dude, that's my style right there. I mean, I that's like why <laughs> we uh, we share a love, as I've come to learn for for shows like King of the Hill and stuff, and that type yep. of comedy. It just kills yeah. me. And you do a great. Uh, I'm not oh. going to make you do it now, but you oh, do okay. a great uh, Hank Hill impression. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Thank I just you. like that's one of those shows where I I've heard it's coming back. I still I, I'll believe it when I see it. But it Same. is. Uh, gosh, that will be like a dream thing to be a part of. Would that I, be like up there for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I would, I'd be happy to just play like the cashier at the Megalomart. Yeah. You know, or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, they'll have to, I don't know. They, I mean, unless they recast Luann or if they do something else, you could be like the new, uh, what was his name? The boyfriend Bucky. Mm. Bucky. Yeah. 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 Bucky. Yeah. I don't forget how he I feel like he had kind of like a, kind of a dumb sound to him <laughs> yeah but you know what's so funny is i was i i, I went through your archives i did a nice deep dive on you in the past Uh-oh. day and i found like old Scary. reels of yours and there's like a bunch oh, of no. like other cartoons and stuff that i never knew <laughs> that you did and there was this one i guess it was for like uh i don't know it was a bunch of skateboarders and stuff and you play oh, like yeah. a, a surfer skateboarder dude and i was like yeah. oh this is great what was that for i think it was a sony Thing, but I don't know where it lives. Like I think it's online, um, but I don't know like what it was intended for. I don't know if it was like a pilot or something. But yeah, mm. I think the character's name was like Pow or something, and he was <laughs> really into skateboarding. You know? Was, yeah. He was really bummed when his skateboard broke. Something like that. Yeah. What? Ab- and you also got to do uh, Spider Man. Was that like a yeah, freaking like crazy like? Did, well, when you first were like, "Oh my God, I'm a new Spider Man!" Did you think it was gonna be like that? I, now I'm going to buy the house at that moment. No, no, <laughs> no. It was that was kind of a smaller project. I mean, it was a Marvel thing, but it was just it just lives on YouTube. And I mean, technically, yeah, I got to voice Spider Man, but it, I guess I don't put a lot of stock into it. it I don't know. It just seems like. But that's like bucket list type stuff. I feel like or is that where so. For you, and we're going to get into the origin stuff, I always just like to jump into like ridiculous things before we start over at like yeah. the tell me the beginning type of uh, yeah, scenario. Yeah. But what were, for you, kind of, what were those things, or even now, what are those things that are like, I want to be a part of that, or I would love to have worked on that, or that's a, a title that I even, in yeah. whatever capacity, I would just uh, be like a dream. Outs- outside of King of the Hill? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if I was doing on camera, I would love to, and X-Files came back, it'd be fun to be in X-Files. Uh, for voiceover, just, you know, doing original animation, more of that would be really cool. I am fortunate enough to be in a new um, series called Bat Wheels that's coming mm. out. Actually comes out September 17th on... Um, I saw. Cartoonito and then HBO Max, and I get to voice the Joker van, which is really neat, so... 
Um, more opportunities sort of like that would be really, really neat. Um, uh, I'd like to do some more AAA games. Uh, I don't know where I'd fit in in Tomb Raider, but I like Tomb Raider. I like Uncharted. I like it, those kind of exploration action games. To do the mocap, maybe. Yeah, m- maybe mocap. Yeah. yeah, that'd be neat. Oh, you have be you done mocap? Have you done? I've I've gotten very very close to uh, a couple of big things that were mocap, and ultimately yeah. the 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 cards didn't fall in my favor. But I um, that for me is kind of like I believe as a voice actor and someone who does theater and on camera, that's like the the ultimate marriage to work on like an amazing game that's got a really cool story and a really cool character. Yeah. Like uh, even if they made another one of those like Jedi uh, games, you know, oh, and to get cool. to like do mocap with a lightsaber and stuff. Like I feel like that'd that would amazing. just be a freaking dream. That would uh, that'd be very, very cool. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of like what it is for me. Not not necessarily Star Wars, but yeah. those similar things to what you're saying. Anything that is a... In, from the voiceover perspective, uh, yeah, anything where you can have just a ton of fun like that. Totally, yeah. I, I love this industry though because you just never know what's around the corner, you know. And you don't always know what you're auditioning for. So next week yeah. you could book something and be like, "Wait a minute, I I read for this huge project. I thought that was just something small." I don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you just never know. Speaking of bat wheels, though, when you read yeah. for that, I mean, there's there's a funny little moment about that too, because I remember one of the first times we were chatting when we did like another like chat for Neo. Mm-hmm. I was like talking about an audition where I was like, yeah, uh, you know, I had to do this audition where it was kind of like a Joker esque thing, and I was yeah. like talking to you about it, and I think you had booked the role <laughs> at that point, point. Oh, and geez. I could just see this moment in your eyes where you were like, sounds cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> hope, hope you get it. <laughs> I was uh, like, I was like, I hope I, hope I was nice about it. No, uh, no, you were very nice. Okay, I felt like okay. in the moment you were like, oh shit, how does he know that type of oh, thing? Because we came to, you came to actually be able to announce and release that. But I was like, oh my god, was that yeah. the thing I was talking about when I was maybe, talking to him about that? Maybe um, it was. Yeah, that was a that was a while. That audition was a while ago. It was probably two years ago. Yeah. Um, and it yeah, it takes a while for those those projects to come out. But yeah, I was in Hawaii um, on a little vacation and I fortunately I'd brought like a, a mobile recording, actually more than that. I, I took an entire vocal booth and, and uh, one of those like, you know, aluminum rods that you connect together and put like a drape over top of it. Yeah. I brought that on the plane and it was oversized luggage. I think I paid $300 to bring it out to Hawaii. But it was money well spent because I did some sessions there and I auditioned there and um, Batwheels was one of the ones I auditioned for there and that's a, I booked that one. So I'm glad that I, I, did, I did that. Absolutely money well spent then. And this is a, this is a wonderful moment now because um, I, I, I like to do this on every episode and I don't like to repeat myself when I do this. I like to, um, when I'm talking about somebody, so just prepare yourself a moment here for some compliments that are going to come your way. Uh, and, 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 and I truly mean this and this is why I don't like to repeat myself. I believe, and maybe it's, unless somebody knows you like, or gets to know you personally, like I've had the the privilege of being able to to get to know you and you're, you're a great person and you're a a great friend and and thank you. And you're extremely uh, giving and compassionate and helpful. And I've, I've valued that in this community, especially coming out here um, when I did and to find someone like you who was so kind of open and welcoming and very kind of like, 
people always joke about in the voiceover community, like, oh, it's the best yeah. community ever and so kind of like inclusive and welcoming. I yeah. There are people that are like that, but I truly felt that you were one of those uh, people. There was no like veil of anything. And I, I've come to find that you are one of the hardest working people in this industry. And oh. I don't know if you would actually even accredit yourself to that. Maybe you would, but I've gotten to see... Just like through talking about things and hearing your stories and even just like hearing that, like, yeah, I'm bringing my $300 rig with me to Hawaii. Not everyone's going to yeah. do that. And yeah. to the, the the depths that you go, like, just like you're like, yeah, I was like trying to connect with this person or I was trying to take this class even after working for all this time. Like yeah. you are constantly figuring out ways to like work harder as a voice actor, work harder as a business person and an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like you seriously have one of the the best work ethics that I truly, truly admire. In addition oh, thank you. to your talent already as a voice actor, so it's extremely commendable. Thank you so much. Well, the same can be said about you, Paul, and it's been a pleasure to get to know you. And I knew immediately, I was like, oh, I want to be friends with this guy. So, <laughs> um, But thank you. I, I do think that I bring a work ethic to it. And um, I, I ran, like I said, I ran track and cross country as a kid, and I probably did that way way beyond its expiration date. I, I ran from age 12 and into college, and I was doing crazy workouts that I was just not into. And I, But I, I do think that like doing all that um, while also trying to apply myself at school kind of built up some, some work ethic. And um, when I moved to L.A., I just kind of set up shop. And when I discovered voice acting, I just really put everything I could at it to you know, surround myself, surround it, and, and understand it, and figure out how the pros are working, how they're doing, how they're doing it. So um, I just, uh, I really went for it, and um, you know, it's been it's been like almost 13 years now of, of voice acting, and and things have really started to pay off over the last five or six years. And um, I try not to rest on my laurels because you know, mm -hmm. you never know. Like in this industry, things can ebb and flow. So you know, you can have an amazing year, and then. Things could, you know, trail off a little bit. So I just try to be, uh, you know, I don't really, somebody asked me at a panel the other day at a convention, they're like, do you turn down a lot of work? And I'm like, well, as long as it pays reasonable, as long as it's like a fair wage and, you know, it's not like against my value system, I'm like, no, I don't. I If it's a small job or a large job, like all's welcome because I know that things can change really quickly. <laughs> so, mm. you know, I just... Uh, just just trying to, to do my best and keep at it because uh, it's, it's a privilege to be able to make a living as a, as a voice actor. Who knew? I didn't know this until I was in my 20s. I was like, wait, people actually get paid to do this? It's crazy. I, you know, right? I, just, I don't know. It's celebrities or something. <laughs> well, again, I think that's all a credit to you, you know, taking every opportunity. And I always say work begets work. And I think you're like the, the, the shining example of seeing the opportunity, whether or not at face value or the upfront fee or whatever it might be. You yeah. never know what these opportunities can turn into. A small little part on something can turn into a lead in another project that that director is yeah. working on or, yeah. uh, I, you know. I have, um, I, I, I don't think it gives anything away, but I'll share this. This is kind of a cool thing that happened recently. Um, so many months ago, I was working on a video game, and the director that do does this game also uh, hosts a, has a loop troupe. Um, so I, I worked on this war game, and now I guess there's a looping opportunity that's going to be war-related. So that's on the horizon, and I was invited to do that. And I've, um, I'm excited uh, you know, that, that that job led to something else. 
Um, yeah. And that happens all the time. So for any viewers out there, um, you know, I've even heard stories of people that have done a Craigslist job and then that became a big series. Like you just, you just never know where people are going to end up. Assistants become uh, agents, become casting directors. You just never know. Yeah. So also be nice to everybody. <laughs> it's for real. That is a, a huge Genuinely. thing. Genuinely. Yeah. Yes. Like don't, don't like be like, oh shit, I have to be nice in this moment. Like yeah. just that needs to be part of your kind yeah. of existence in this industry. And, and I think as you just said, these people who are assistants, they're, most people's goals are to work up in whatever industry that they mm-hmm. are, you know? And, and so even the person yeah. who is like shadowing the writer or the director or uh, yeah. is the person scheduling you through the emails, like you want to have yeah. a good rapport and every, I, that's why like, and make sure you like spell people's names right. Like even yeah. the most mundane things, it's, yeah. it sounds so trivial, but it yeah. means something to people and it shows the type of person you are. Oh, when I do sessions, I have like either my notes open on my computer or I'll, I'll even, or I'll put it on notepad here. I have a uh, points of experience podcast right now, <laughs> but I just write, I'll write down names and just, just to make sure that, you know, I don't want to like mispronounce somebody's name or, or whatever. And I think it does go a long way. Absolutely. Um, what, what about for you? Because, and, and we're going to, right after this, I want to take a step back into kind of the early years of your life and we'll work back to sure. where we are now. You, you, most people, I think, probably know you from like anime and video games. And now people are going to see yeah. Bat Wheels and stuff, but you've done tons of like radio, commercial, yeah. uh, even like Loop Group. And these are not necessarily the things that a lot of people have seen. And this is why when I say like, yeah, I'm sure that that your IMDb credits doesn't even show half of the amount of work that you've no. you've done in your career. No. Uh, no, it doesn't. It's what would you say to to somebody who's interested in this in this career and they are um, obviously most people are interested in pursuing anime and video games, and that's yeah. the thing that gets the most recognition. As right. someone who's done. Uh, at the highest level, everything. What is your opinion or kind of insight into to to working on the other genres besides the ones that people know you for? Well, I would tell people that the agencies. I mean, really, the the the, the money is in commercials. Uh, well, that that's got a caveat with it, but like, y- if you're starting out and you want to get representation, most agents really care about hearing a commercial demo. And I know that that's not like sexy for a lot of people to hear, but I would start with um, learning how to do commercial copy, you know, radio, TV, promos, stuff like that, um, because that, you know, you, you typically start with like a commercial demo and and you send that out to agents and that's your calling card to get in with an agency. From there, though, it's like once they know that you're able to do that genre, they'll often start sending you copy for and you know this, Paul, but it's like for the listeners out there, they'll start sending you. Um, copy for everything else. So I would say be be well versed in all these different genres. Um, you may find that you start your career doing who knows trailers or e-learning. E-learning's educational uh, sort of voice over, and um, maybe the anim- anime and video games will come later, which it did for me. I did um, I did I started on pay-to-play sites. I then I got regional agents. Well, I had a, I had an LA agent, but I also had regional agents and. I was sort of cobbling together uh, a living uh, with some radio and some web, some web videos and some e-learning and maybe a TV spot here and there. But then I think it was probably five or six years until I took um, 
like a workshop for anime, which then got me into the dubbing world. Um, but but yeah, to this day, uh, if you know, if I look at my spreadsheet, because I keep really detailed notes on like every job I've done to sort of track progress. Um, my work is definitely, I would say, anime and video games is like maybe ten percent of my, uh, or maybe fi- like ten percent of my work. It's that's not, crazy. It's not a big part, but as far as notoriety, it's the biggest part. Yes, and that's why I think uh, when people are interested in getting into voiceover, and this is, we've already now created a, a, a monumental episode here because, and we haven't really kind of dived that deep on this type of conversation where. We have touched upon it, but you you have to to make a living and make this a career where it's something that can sustain you and a family potentially in other facets because um, it, it is so competitive in anime and video yeah. games. Um, video games, if you're doing union, it at least has a good rate. But you know, anime, yeah. it's not the, the highest paying thing, and it leads right. to the most notoriety, of course, and it can yeah. pay you in other ways. But yeah. If you're not booking, uh, especially from like a union insurance perspective, if you're not booking, you know, radio spots or commercials or um, doing anything else like audiobooks, it's it's going to be very hard to sustain a career. So it, it seems very sexy and cool, like you were saying to, yeah. you know, I'm going to be in the next uh, yeah. Attack on Titan or whatever sure. it is, and that, sure. and I'm going to make a shit ton of money. Well, voiceover wise, that's not only extremely competitive, but it's it's not yeah, the it, most lucrative thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well said. And then, and, and it's only getting more competitive because if, you know, anybody hops on Netflix, you know, we're seeing anime titles now right off, right out the gate when you check, you know, what's, what's playing. And then, um, it's just become even more mainstream. And, um, I was, I am not this, I hate giving this example because it sounds like kind of like I don't want it to be considered conceited but I was on a plane I was on a plane the other day and I was seated next to this um, mother and daughter and the daughter was probably maybe 12 or 13 and she she found out what I that I was child in Genshin Impact and then she put two and two together and she had guess seen my TikTok so she kind of freaked out and took a photo (laughs) wanted to take a photo but then three other girls from the rest of the plane like somehow overheard this and all came rushing up and took selfies with me oh my god i was like oh my gosh this is crazy um so so what I, I guess my point was is that it's become more uh even though genshin is a game it is i'd say it's an anime type game so it's yeah um it's just become really mainstream like my nieces uh they all know the characters in that game and um i just never would have guessed but here we are. <laughs> when that came around, when that came around, it just probably didn't seem like any other gig, and you just were like, oh, this is a character that I resonated with. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I, I will say, because I've played Genshin pretty uh, heavily, uh, and I don't mm. play as much anymore, but I did, yeah. like, when it first came out, when it was in beta and stuff, I was super right. interested in the idea. I love open-world games. I'm a huge, like, Breath of the Wild fan. Right, and right. Uh, Child, of all the characters, he's like... As far as I know, I mean, there maybe there's new characters that have this kind of co- concept too, sure. but there is that duality to to yeah. his character, and it seems like he is the most kind of um, interesting in that regard. It's not it's not like just a one note person. It's very layered and yeah. multifaceted, and I think that's why people like him. Is that what you think you were able to bring to it, or was that on the page, or did you like help bring that out? Um, I I don't remember the audition that well, but. Um, 
he I think he was described as having a little bit of a duplicitous nature. You couldn't tell whether he was what uh, team he was on. Um, so I think I gave him a little little smarm, a little like swagger to his voice. Yeah. Um, but but during the sessions, we definitely were trying to um, dial that in. Uh, for each line, you know, sometimes he would come come across as very friendly, but there were times when we had to just color a word to make it sound just like, oh, is he is he bad? <laughs> like, what's yeah. going on here? So that was really fun. It was a little bit of a challenge, and I, I agree. I think that's why people like him. He's got a little bit of a bad boy thing going on. Yeah. Um, but he also is, like, really uh, uh, family-oriented. He loves his little brother. People like that storyline that he's, you know, kind of this, you know, uh, role model kind of, yeah. kind of a guy. Um, but I had no idea that it would become what it became and that the game would be so huge. So, uh, it just was, a it was, it was luck. <laughs> a lot of it was luck. Yeah. yeah. So can you recall the first moment when you realized how big it was? Did you have like that moment of like, Oh my God, this is either, uh, yeah. there was an article that came out. Like what was that moment for you when you realized like, Holy shit, this thing's taking off. I think it was, um, well, a couple things. I So Karina, uh, I'm going to butcher their last name, but Karina, who plays Paimon, yeah. uh, reached out to me for two things. They said that there was an upcoming Streamily signing um, and that I should join. Uh, I didn't have any artwork commissioned yet, so I was like, oh, okay, I guess I should make something. Uh, but they also told me to join TikTok, and this was also around the time that I auditioned for the Batwheels thing, was, uh, while I was in Hawaii, mm. and I was a little reluctant to, to join in TikTok. I felt a little out of touch with it, um, like maybe I was a little too old or something. Um, but I joined, and then Karina gave me a shout-out, and overnight, literally overnight, I woke up to about 40,000 followers, just I hadn't even really posted anything. Yeah. Um, so that's when I realized, like, oh wow, there's there's a there's a major audience for this. And then I think <laughs> the second video I put on TikTok went to 1.7 million views or something something like that. So it was very encouraging and eye opening. And then I did a streamly signing, and I was shocked how many people wanted me to sign uh, a child print. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> It's it was, crazy, right? It was just it was wild. Yeah, it was really it's very very wild, but Gosh. very fun. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> what a ride and I mean to, you've been in doing this for so long and it's it, it's not obviously luck is an element that is applied to any job that you work on in this industry. You don't know what's going to blow up, but yeah. you are a type you are the uh, the type of person who has put in the hard work and constantly doing a good job that Thanks. I feel it was only a matter of time for whatever that connection was to be for you to because like you were saying earlier, we're in this age where now people are coming up to to the voice actors on planes like the, yes. the, we are at the, the the kind of the frontier of this uh, uh voiceover voice actor celebrity feeling yeah. where yeah. i hope that 
And I think, you know, people like you are going to be the prototypes of that, that where they're going to be like, Griffin Burns can help us get visibility on this project. I hope yeah. that that's a conversation that's being happened behind, you know, the closed doors with the powers that be. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. I, I'm starting to see it more um, uh, for the very first time. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. Um, Mick Winger, uh, who you may know. Yeah, and plays uh, your, he, your Joker, right? Yeah, he plays yeah. the Joker. I play the van. Um, <laughs> but he, he wrote, uh, wrote me with some audition sides, and it was the first time where I had seen that they were requesting... Uh, I was the example of what oh they my were gosh. for. And I was like, wow, that's... I'm like, wow. <laughs> that's I've when sort- you made it. <laughs> I was that like, is- sort that is like the, feel, the the stereotypical like when they're using you as the prototype. Yeah, like dude, I was like that's that's cool. It actually, in the example, I think was um, Fret from uh, World Ends with You. Oh my gosh! So I was like, oh wow, that's that's really cool. It made me feel special. <laughs> wow. I mean, there's so many stories of like when they, they talk about celebrities who have had to kind of audition for themselves, so to speak, or they yeah. they see the casting breakdown. They're like, why didn't they just ask me? And, and they're the the reference. Uh, I, I've heard stories of the people not getting it that they're mm-hmm. looking like they want them to sound like this person. That person auditions and that person doesn't get it. <laughs> That's insane. That is a bizarre concept to me because uh, I, I maybe it's I, I, well, it's extremely offensive. I feel like to the person if they they've made that person audition at that point. Yeah. But maybe it's a if it's years prior, like there's an essence that they're looking for that maybe that person doesn't naturally emit anymore. So I can understand yeah. it from that perspective. Um, maybe. So yeah, I'd, I I would love sure. to I would love to talk about you kind of growing up and what the, you know. I'm sure we talked about this the last time we did kind of a similar thing yeah, here, but like okay. what kind of what kind of kid were you? What were the things that you were listening to, watching? Like where where did the love for performance kind of come into play for you? Uh, okay, well, I was a little menace as a kid. I really was. <laughs> I was um, high energy, uh, the, the kind of kid that, you know, if you brought him to church would be crawling under the pews or... Yeah, that's um, me today. Just... just <laughs> Just really rambunctious. I had a lot of energy. It had to be like really harnessed. Like I needed to be kept busy. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where, where I was at my best. Uh, so my, my parents had me in piano lessons, soccer, swimming, whatever. Um, I was very athletic, um, played tons of sports, but I also was just like super, super goofball, um, always making imitating people and and just driving my parents insane with repetitive sounds um they you know they they look at my career now and they're like oh it 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 adds up it makes sense (laughs) um let's see uh i i there was a point in time where i really wanted to act but there just wasn't any i grew up in pennsylvania there wasn't really good opportunities to do that so it kind of just was always something in the back of my mind and my sister moved to LA when I, she's she's a good bit older than me so she moved to LA when I was like uh, I don't know 10 years old or mm. something like that and and so I just had this dream we'd visit her in Hollywood and I, I just had this dream of like oh man I I can't wait till I'm old enough to come out there and try these things that I've always wanted to do yeah um, yeah um, but I let's see the Closest thing to sort of one of the main creative pursuits I had though as a kid was I was in a band. I I, I started a band at age like eleven, and we played lots of Blink One Eighty Two and Green Day, and 
pop punk stuff uh, for the talent show, and then we played carnivals, and um, that was my passion project. In fact, my goal as a kid was like, I want to get so famous that I don't have to go to school. I don't <laughs> want to go to college. I just want to get signed, and everything will be right in the world. Oh, my gosh. Um, that didn't happen, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know it's all good uh i uh i still do music today i got back into it about i don't know five years ago or so once like i sort of felt more established in voice acting and um uh, yeah i I, hope, I think that answers the question what, um what was the yeah. how did you go about starting your band were you like were you kind of the ringleader and you're like finding yeah. people recruiting and like i play guitar do you play bass or you're gonna play drums like how did I, that all come about i was the the ringleader um i was playing so i quit piano uh big episode with my mom explosive like well, you better call your instructor and tell her you quit mm. so uh i quit piano but the 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 uh the trade-off was that I had to pick up another instrument. So I was like, fine, I want to play electric guitar. So I saved up allowance, and I bought this $95 Fender, like, Squire Strat, and I started playing guitar. And then um, I got, I found a drummer, and we were looking for a singer. And um, we got so close to the talent show, and we didn't have a singer that the guys were like, well, why don't you just sing? And I'm like, I don't, I don't sing. So I went up to my room with, like, this tape, this cassette thing and like blank tapes and I just kept singing and recording myself on this like boom box uh -huh. over and over and over again and then playing it back to the point where it's like I guess that doesn't suck completely <laughs> uh, so I ended up being the one who sang and we did all the small things for the seventh grade talent show and, and oh uh gosh. yeah dude so I did like the same thing we played damn it in my oh, talent I love show, that song. yeah, because it was, I, was I played bass, and it was the one of the easiest Blink One Eighty Two songs to learn because it was just the four yeah. chords. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, fun, fun stuff. Yeah, I feel like most. Oh, well, you know, I, I think there's a very easy translation between being a musician, especially a singer, and getting into this stuff. Um, totally it, understanding musicality helps so much when you're just looking at a script and a character. When you're yeah. like, okay, this is the music of this line. This is the, you know, yep. it, it makes not everything sound so kind of, everything just sounds like one note, everything just sounds like one. Although yeah. some characters do <laughs> work with that as their uh, their shtick being kind of. Uh, totally. Minor. Yeah. Being dry or uh, monotone. But yeah, yeah. It, it helps you land things like with promos. There's such a musicality to it. Commercials, even the natural ones, even the ones that are like, oh, do it conversational. It still has like a musicality and mm -hmm. and you can just feel it when when you know that it's like in the pocket yes um so yeah i think if you're a musician you got a leg up in voice acting <laughs> <laughs> that's what i think uh rob paulson always would say that that's how he started off as a singer and then he moved into cool. to doing voiceover so you yeah. you were in the band in high school you did all that stuff at what yeah. point did you decide you're going to move out to L.A. and pursue acting? Because I think that's what you decided to do first, right? You decided to yeah. Well, yeah, acting I, as in on camera. Right, right. I, uh, let's see. I went to college. I went to uh, Bucknell in Pennsylvania, and I was, I was sort of recruited to run there. So my focus was on running, and then I, I was an English major. And uh, I think like two or three years into college, I kind of had a, a, a bit of a crisis. I was like, well, I don't really love running anymore. This isn't really who I am. I'm, mm. I've always been a creative person. So I made the tough decision of quitting 
uh, track. And then I, I decided pretty quickly after to do a study abroad in London. Um, and I really think that that trip um, kind of brought me back to who I was. I started going to plays every Tuesday. I took creative writing. I was writing songs. I brought my acoustic guitar along for the trip. And it just really recalibrated me to sort of who I am and where I wanted to go. Um, I was really scared. I had no idea how I was going to make a living as an, as an artist. Um, I wrote a lot of songs about that fear. I wrote a lot of essays about that. Um, but I knew I was probably going to move to L.A. Um, uh, after school. So mm. as soon as I graduated, two weeks after, drove out to L.A. Uh, my sister was kind enough to have me live with her for so many months until I sort of got on, on my feet on the ground. And, um, and yeah, I just being in LA was like, wow, I guess I now have the chance to try anything. So, you know, signed up for extra work and I, I was doing service jobs, but just seeing what I could do, seeing what would happen. I had some beginner's luck. I was an extra on Wizards of Waverly Place and I got upgraded to a co-star with, you know, a day player, which was really cool. So like, Instantly, I was like, oh, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be famous. Um, <laughs> That's how it always then, is. Yeah, and then like I booked a voiceover. Like the very first voiceover audition I ever had, I booked. And that was really yeah. what set the spark of like, oh, my God, this is really cool work. I have to figure out how to do more of this. Um, do you remember what it was? But, yep. It was for, it was called The Giskin Anomaly. It was for San Diego's Balboa Park. Um, they were doing a cell phone adventure game where basically you would go to different markers in the park, call a cell number, and then you'd hear voices of the past. So I was just like a World War II soldier, sailor or something, and uh-huh. you just kind of hear little snippets. Um, but uh, that was that was a big, big moment for me because, I mean, I moved to L.A. with like a, a thousand bucks. That's it. And then I think that job paid about a thousand bucks. So I was like, double oh, your money. <laughs> this is... This is it. This is it. I gotta learn how, how do I do more of this? Yeah. And uh, is that where is that where the passion kind of the the hard work really like kicked into overdrive is did you then get your demos made and pursue an agent? Yeah. Is that all that all follow after that? Yeah, I, I called people. I called Bob Bergen. I I talked to uh, I think Mark Cashman. I talked to Mark Growl. I, I wrote people and called people and I started picking brains and being like how do you, how do people do this? Where, where do they start? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think somebody told me, well, you need to take classes. You got to treat it like it's, you know, you're studying for it. So I took that to heart. I took classes. Um, I sought out the best demo producer. I, I was terrified to pay for it. Demos nowadays are like, you know, they're pretty expensive. They're like, you know, maybe $2,500, but at the time it was 1400. And that to me was like, insane yeah i was like how how you can't afford this and i called my dad and he said well look do you think you'll make your money back in three years i said yeah i can do that he's like well put it on your credit card then Mm. so i did that uh got the demo done and i think within days of getting the demo done i got signed to uh, a big agency Uh, i mailed it out um instead of just email i hard i sent out a physical envelope with a jewel case and it had like a converse sneaker on it and it's oh like, my god Griffin burns vo <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool um yeah that's that's exactly what i did when i started I, I what i did to get my first uh manager was they had like colored uh headshot mailers 
where and mm-hmm. you, they had window envelopes. So yeah, instead yeah. of just sending like the, the envelope that's going to go on a desk and everyone's going to see it, I sent a thing that had a window slit so you could see my yes. headshot. So yes. they didn't even have to open it so they could see my <laughs> Justin Bieber looking ass through the freaking envelope. And they were like, huh, this kid looks like he can be on Disney Channel yeah. or, you know, it's that. So that's how I got my first, you know, yeah. and you had to be. And I think it's a little different now because, again, there's so much noise, so competitive. There's email. Like, it's so yeah. – everything's so digital. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe sending in a hard copy would be the thing that would separate you from the, the crowd nowadays because I feel like it's, it's so digital. Yeah. But to have the foresight to, to even think like, oh, I'm going to put the Converse sneaker on it and that will make me unique. That was the start of my branding mind. I was like, what conveys youth? Because I knew – what I learned from my classes was that the, there was such a demand for a young sounding uh, male voice in, in, in this industry. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, that's what I've got. Uh, how do I convey that? So the Converse sneaker it was like an unlaced Converse sneaker, orange, kind of looked worn out. I thought that that looked like a young guy. Yeah. So I don't know. That's what I did. Um, it worked. Yeah. It, that's it, hey, listen, it worked, it, and that's all that matters. And then, like, yeah, another thing that I did was I used to send, I sent out postcards. I mm-hmm. like back in the day, I used to like send like this is what I'm up to type of thing because yeah, I had updates. gotten my manager, and I didn't get an agent yet. I was still like freelancing with agencies, so yeah. I would send out postcards, and then that got me meetings with agents. Which so I don't know what the version of that is today, but well, I do know what the version of that is today, and it's sending email versions of it. But I feel like you yeah. have to figure out the thing that's even above that, that nobody is doing it. Like, what is the... And maybe that's, like, creating your own series and stuff. Maybe it's... Um, yeah. I don't really know. I I once got this, like, solicitation from some realtor once where it was their... A video of them in the email that was like, Hi, Griffin, uh, here at my desk, just looking blah, 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 but I see you were looking on Redfin. It was... They made a video, and I... I actually thought that was kind of brilliant. I tried that out. I I think I'm I'm probably embarrassed myself because I didn't hear back. <laughs> I didn't hear back from the casting people I sent this to. But I made a video where I was like, "Hey, hey, Johnny, it's Griffin. Uh, you know, just <laughs> whatever." Oh my like, gosh! But that's like, dude, I love the way your brain works, and this is exactly what I was talking about in the beginning. Because like to have to. It's not an. It's not just enough to to be able to do those things. It's to recognize yeah. those opportunities when you see them, and also just like okay, the opportunity to say I'm gonna copy what this person did or see something else, yeah. and I'm gonna do that. But then also target yeah. that towards something that is you can prove yourself to be a valuable asset to these people because yeah. you know if somebody who hasn't done anything before and they're trying to submit to i don't know to be the new spider-man just for lack yeah. of a better example that might not be the best target because they're going to do a very big casting call to big agencies but you know right. understanding where you are and having that sensibility um again it's just you it's something i admire about you thank, so thank you yeah, no, it's and I think that's important for people to learn and to hear is these ways of because it's just as much a business as it is a talent show. You know, as much as we get to go and have fun. Yes, it is. You gotta have the business uh, sensibility too. And if you don't, um, find somebody who you can who can help you in that regard because it's so much a business. It, yeah, it's I'd say almost more of that is uh, being business minded, entrepreneurial, um, because. Um, you have to be able to toot your own horn, you know, like you, you could be so talented, but nobody's going to know unless you're, you know, 
out there mm-hmm. and, and letting people know. Um, the artist that has do, a... Yeah. You know, what were you going to say? Podcast. I was going to say doing podcasts, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Any way to just yeah. get your voice out there. It's the, you know, if you're, it's like the yeah. painter that has a, a stack of paintings in their, um, their basement and they could be the most beautiful things in the world, but if yeah. they don't bring them to a gallery or put them out for people to see, it's, you know, yeah. I, some people are okay with things just being a hobby, but if you're trying to make this a career, totally. you got to get a way to, to make your, your voice heard. Um, it, it's, it's funny. Like, I feel like I'm at that early stage where I was with voice acting with music now because mm. we have some what I think is some really good music and it lives on Spotify and iTunes and we we have some listeners we have we have a, a little following but we, I'm trying to figure out like where where next where do we, how do we get more ears on this project and it is really tricky I'm back in the research stage of like digging around online and and I don't know it maybe 12 years from, you know, when in 2010, I'm sure the internet's got way more on it than it did in 2010 even. I am, it's really hard. It's like finding a needle in a haystack when you're looking for certain things. Like whether mm. it's like record labels or uh, music managers, I am just finding it such a headache to sift through. And you have to get creative. Go, like maybe it's going on Twitter and searching sp- specific terms or whatever. But it's just funny. I feel like I'm... I'm sort of in that early stage that I was with my voice acting career with the music thing because I really want to start. That's like my next uh, thing I really want to push out there is uh, is the music. So well, your band for anybody here who doesn't know already, new new girlfriend. I I listened to your new song. It's things oh, cool. that go without saying, right? That's the yeah. name of it. Yep, you A got it. Thanks. Ton of times, and oh, it's funny because. And I truly mean this. Is a, like I I love the style of your music, and I said this to you once before. I see every time that you release something new, because that's the newest thing you've you've released, right? That's like yeah, your, your yeah, new single. It is. Um, I I hope this comes across. Like, you get better and better and better, and I see different like layers of things yeah. that are being added. Um, like I remember there's a point in the in the song. I think it's like the second chorus, the end of the second chorus. I hear this little thing. It's like. Bleep. There's like a little moment of that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like that uh, little, um, it's like right as like the, the chorus ends, it, there's like a little note of something I hear. Okay. And okay. I was like, that to me, like that little tiny thing, it just like made me like perk up, you know? It elevated it a little that bit. That noise, cool. the, just like that sound to me, like it, it like put the smile on my face in a way. <laughs> and it, I was like, I don't know if that's conscious of way, the way, the reason why you guys did that or not. But every yeah. time I listen to your music, like there's something new, there's a different layer. The, the lyrics are just so much more, um, I think obviously relevant to who you are as a person now. It's very yeah. zeitgeisty. Uh, <laughs> I really, I really love this song. And I think that it would be, I, I, I think you're at the precipice of somebody finding you or you finding the right people who believe in you yeah, because you, you and your Bamay Kylan, it's, you guys have something that is yeah. brilliant. Even the artwork that you guys used for, for that single. I was like, Oh my gosh, very that's fun. so freaking fun and perfect. Yeah. Thank you. I got to give a shout out to Nancy Teeple. Nancy does a lot of my commissions, and uh, she did the artwork. And also, Kylan, uh, my bandmate, Kylan DePorter, he has uh, just grown leaps and bounds as a producer. So that little little sound you heard, that is all him. Oh well, um, dude. <laughs> yeah, but we we write all the songs together, and uh, either one of us starts. Sometimes we one of us writes the whole song and then brings it to the table, vice yeah. versa. Um, this the, the latest one was uh, one of Kylan's, and then we 
sort of I peppered in sort of my lyrical ideas. Uh, but it's yeah, I think it's really fun, and I'm, I appreciate you listening to it. I I, I do think we're the production value is getting better and better, and um, I think it's commercially viable. Like I think I think I could hear it in in some you know TV or film or something like that. So yeah, we're just gonna we're just keeping at it, and um, yeah. we're having fun with it. It's it's a really nice uh, side project, uh, you know, outside of the acting. Sure. What I think it's I I truly. Uh, you have a sound that people could say it's reminiscent of something, but it is truly unique, I think, to you and both of your your voices in a way. And it makes it so kind of like, you know, there's bands that like where a lot of people are like, oh, Machine Gun Kelly sounds like Blink-182 sure. or something. Like, you, you can make sure. that very clear, distinct parallel. Right. I can see right. influences maybe in your music, but it is so unique. And I think that's what makes it so magical because Thank you. when somebody finds it, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is unlike anything I've heard before. It's so unique. It's so fun. It is very much feel good music. I, yeah. w- w- is, is the next step for you guys kind of like, I don't really know in the music world, is it still like releasing EPs or albums? Like what is that next thing for you guys? Dude, I, I am trying to figure that out, uh, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking into music licensing, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's actually like a way people make money in music is is working with uh, like a sync agency who can help place your mu- give it your music to music supervisors and then they can you know pitch it for shows and stuff that gives you credibility um, if you have some credits like this was featured in this Netflix show or whatever uh-huh. um, but it it really feels like it's got to be sort of like this three or multi prong approach you gotta. You kind of need to be making some money with it somehow. So, like the the TV placements seems like a good way to do that. But you also need to have visibility. So maybe online content, TikTok videos, playing live shows, merchandise. I mean, there's so many facets to it. It's a little overwhelming, and yeah. it's just me, me and Kylan running the whole show. So I don't exactly know what the very next step is. I I've even considered maybe like uh, getting some consultation like maybe a music manager or somebody to sort of who could guide us a little bit because we are we're starting into a place where we have like you know 21,000 monthly listeners and it fluctuates it's been close to 30,000 and um uh I would just we both would just like I think benefit but from somebody be like well I think you should do this next or I can introduce you to this or we maybe this showcase will help you or whatever yeah so and I think that's kind of you taking your own advice where you were like, you know, if you're not business savvy, find somebody who is good at doing so. And, um, yeah. you know, it, I, I think you're absolutely, again, I think you have this uh, position as a musician where you have your own individual following. So it's something that is mm-hmm. um, very marketable to – it. it uh, and this is advice for anybody. It's like, what can you do to make you, like whoever you're presenting or pitching yourself to, or whatever you're trying to get into, be like, this person is going to help me make money. <laughs> because at the end of the day, most of these artistic ventures, the people who are doing the back end things, you know, the the things behind the scenes, they're like, well, I'm trying to make money. What it is for yeah. what I do, and that's why like uh, they, there's always that joke of like on camera people when they're like, I want to do theater. They're like, well. Do movies first, and then you can do all the theater you want. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> as an agency, they, if if your big bankable actor is off doing theater all the time, making you know 
a hundredth of a fraction of what they'll make doing movies and TV. Yeah. That's, you know, not necessarily time and energy and stock that they want to invest, although they want right. you to be happy too and satisfied right. artistically. So it's a balance of all those things. Um, yeah. And for you even too, I think as anybody who you work with, it's, you're only going to be an asset with, I think, I, I really like, I think I'm, we're going to laugh about this conversation in like a few months from now. And you're like, yeah, yeah. so I'm working with this person right now <laughs> and they just got us connected for this. And so I think that's <laughs> going to be know. a really nice, funny I laugh. Yeah, I think that I think it's it's cool. I think it's always good to also put out there what you're looking for, you know, actually verbalize it, like say it, you know, Um, I've found in my life and my career, especially when you are vocal to anyone, to yourself, say it out loud in your house, what you really want. Um, Oftentimes those things can come to you. So uh, I'm putting it out there live right now i don't know if we're, we're not are we live i don't know if we're no live. we're not live we're not li- we're not live but <laughs> live here yes. for us um i'm putting that out there that the, the music thing i want to i want to escalate that oh i'm i'm so excited to see where it goes and th- th- i would love to know too because and if you feel comfortable talking about this i know you had a little bit of a an injury that you dealt with that's directly sure. kind of i mean as yeah. someone who uses their voice someone who's singing like <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about what happened and how it's affected you? Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, So in, I guess it was October of last year, um, out of the blue, uh, I, my left lung collapsed. Um, I was just minding my own business, having a normal day. And I just felt this like pressure uh, that became increasingly uh, became stronger as the day went on. And I remembered my dad telling me that when he was 34 years old, he had his lung collapse. Now, my dad was a pilot, and so he was at altitude a lot. And I, I kind of just chalked it up to like, well, he was a pilot, and that's probably why it happened. Um, but same age, I, I turned myself into the hospital. They checked me out, and they said, yeah, you, your lung is collapsed. We're going to have to put a chest tube in you and reinflate you and all this stuff. So it was pretty scary, but I knew I'd be fine. Um, and so I was in the hospital for a few days, had the tube removed, reinflated, stitches off, back out into the world, back doing the things that I do. Um, and I, I figured that was it because it, that's what it was for my dad. Like it was a one and done thing. Um, but, uh, I had several other instances of this happening over the course of six months. And, <clears throat> I haven't made it public till now, but I had surgery in uh, March, late March. Uh, I had to have a little piece of my lung removed. I had to have the the lung adhered to my chest wall uh, so that it would never happen again. Because basically, you can get these like little blisters on the on the lung lining, and if they burst, um, it'll keep happening. So some people have one blister, some people have ten, twenty, whatever. So they go in there and they have to remove them. So Fortunately, that is all behind me. I am 100% healthy, been working out again, traveling a ton, um, and just have some scars and some numbness from, some, from where they went through the rib cage. It cut some nerves and stuff, but um, it, was, it was a traumatic six months, uh, but I, I am very happy to be past, past it all, and the surgeon I had was phenomenal, so... My gosh. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. I, I, I know we've talked about this before, but it, again, um, dude, the 
you 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 don't cease to impress me man it like the resilience that it takes to kind of like have something like that happen and then like assess like what is this that i'm dealing with here recovery getting back into like i think you, you know how, how soon until people wanted you to like get back into like screaming in the booth you know Day, days after my surgery i was back in sessions um mm -hmm. I spent a week in the hospital and then I asked the doctor who's a very no nonsense kind of guy. I was like, <laughs> well, how long do I have to wait now to work? He's like, you can do it tomorrow. <laughs> and there you go. And, and so, off to the races. So I just went straight back into, it. I was really nervous, um, for the first session back. Cause it was a, it was a war video game and a lot of yelling. So, um, but I, I got through it and, Fortunately, the vocal cords are not necessarily, you know, tied in with the things yeah. that happened in my lungs. So I was I was fine. My gosh, dude. Yeah. It's so yeah. crazy. And uh, I'm so happy that you're OK. And I, I I'm Thanks. just like it's you are truly one of the the most badass people hardworking people in this freaking industry and it's Thanks. it's i know I, I i know you're a very modest person and you're probably like yeah i just got through it and i just know that that's about you you don't you know you're not that type of person but it's truly um impressive and i think that to most people if they were faced with that same instance that could destroy them mentally it that could be one of the most kind of like discouraging scary moments but to have kind of the the strength to know I'm going to be okay and I'm going to get through this is it's not something to kind of like blink at. Yeah. It, thank you. It, it was traumatic. And, um, I think, I think it was just, I knew that I had to get through it. Then there was no other option but mm -hmm. to get the surgery done. So to me it was like, well, I just, I just have to, I have to get through this. Um, to add a little more to the story, the third time it happened, I was actually on vacation in a third, third world country. And, uh, so I had to be medevaced to another island to even be seen um, to have an emergency procedure done where they gave me a Heimlich valve, which is just basically a tiny tube that goes through your rib cage and it has like a little exhaust valve. And that basically kept me alive and well uh, till I could get back to the States to have surgery. Um, but when I was done on the, the Sunday, I was like released from the hospital and the surgeon came in to take the, the chest tube out it was like, it reminds me of Shawshank Redemption when, yeah. like, they get through the shit pipe and they're out on the other side. And it's like just they're crying because they're just so happy to be free. Yeah. That's, that was sort of, I had held the emotions in so tight for that whole two weeks that when I, when the, when I was, like, freed to go, um, it, it really was an emotional moment for me. So... My gosh! Glad to be past it. Yeah, I'm so happy that you're you're healthy and that you you have you know triumphed over what could have you know like to, to to the average person that would be a tremendous setback. And I know, like you said, it was traumatic. But my gosh, kudos to you for freaking and you know being right back to like where you were. No kind yeah. of hitch into where um, you know your, your your productivity probably was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. I didn't miss anything. In fact, the the convention that I missed last year, I'm going to be coming back this year. To, mm. uh, so so really, I didn't miss any work, and um, so it's great. That's another thing too that I've always and you know we've talked about it, but like I, I just remember 
like uh, when I first, you know, I, I reached out to you when I did like my first convention, which was Anime Impulse, I think. Yep. And, you know, you taught me about like all that stuff. You kind of like, were like, all right, this is kind of what goes down. And then to like see you and like you check up on me like, hey, how did everything go? Like just to know that that you're that type of person, you know, was so uh, there's no kind of big timey bullshit with you. And I truly like love that about you as a, as a person and as a, a performer in the way that you, that carries into kind of like with your fan interactions where yeah. Thank you. it means so much to people when they get to like meet, you know, for some people Genshin impact is like, that is their life and soul and heart yeah. at this moment. And when they get to meet someone like you, who is the voice of this character that brings them so much joy, those moments that they have with you are so important. And I remember even just like looking over at you at that convention. Cause I was sitting, I think like right next to you and just to see, <laughs> yeah. just to see how invested you were, down. you know, like, uh, like how invested you were with every moment, because at that point, for yeah. me, there wasn't many people coming to my booth. They were like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> so I'm over here watching Griffin like this. and But just to see all these people, how excited they were and yeah. how, how like, invested you were in every moment for every little person. Because that's a hard job. And I yeah. think people might not see it that way when going to these conventions and traveling and talking for like 12 hours sometimes. Yeah. It is yeah. exhausting and it takes a lot of energy. And, you know, kudos to you for for being one of the people that makes those moments worth every ounce um, of time that people sometimes take out of their busy day and schedules to come and, and, and visit sometimes just for you. Does that yeah. feel, do you, do you feel that kind of responsibility yeah. and that's why it's, that is what it is? It's not lost on me. I know that I've been told many times people come up to my table and tell me they've driven from other States to just meet me or, or whatnot. And um, it, uh, I want to give everybody their time. I, I really do enjoy interacting with the fans. Um, it fills, it really does fill me up. It's, it's very, it's very fun. And this is a new, this is like a new venture for me. I, I just started doing cons about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. I know time is like kind of wonky right mm -hmm. now. Um, uh, but it's, it's been relatively new and I've been hitting the circuit pretty hard. Um, but I love it. And I, I, I can't believe, um, not to, no no pun intended. What an impact it's had on people. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, pun intended. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just it's been amazing, and, and like it's it's I've heard people say that it's helped with their depression. It's it's um, it's helped make make them friends. They have an online community. Uh, it's entertained families, and I just. I don't know. It's 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 pretty wild, and it's not lost on me. I'm very, uh, I appreciate it. I'm so grateful to to have a lot of fans out there that are interested in what I do and and interested in meeting me. So it's certainly changed my life mm. a lot. Yeah, and to because I think on the other side, you're 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 you put you're you're in these situations where people are telling you, you know, like you changed my life and you've helped me through these these depressions and. To, yeah. to recognize that that feeling is mutual. Um, I think that's where a lot of artists get kind of lost. They get they get wrapped up in the uh, celebrity idea idea of it or they get wrapped up in yeah. the success and the fame and, and then they become bigger than even their art. And that's why even going back to what we were saying earlier, you know, taking no opportunity for granted, seeing the value in any project that comes your way. I think it's why yeah. you are one of the, the few actors out there that are working at the high level that you are that is um 
it's, it's truly you see what you see is what you get down to earth and in it for the the love and the art of of the craft because that's what to me is most important and when i see an actor who yeah. approaches every every job like that it it shows yeah. in the performance yeah thank you and I, I mean again the same can be said about you paul and i it's very rare to find people that will will even say like hey i i i got caught wind of this project I, I mentioned your name and you've done that several times and that's really, uh, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and honestly, my, my pleasure at any moment because I'm doing somebody else a favor and that's what people don't realize. And this is a great point to be made because I think something that goes around a lot is like, you got to get referred to an agency or something, or like, you got to get referred to a job. You got to break into these things. It's like, if you are a genuinely good person and you like to me, if I'm ever in a position where someone's like, I need, because theoretically, right, we are Uh, we are very much of the same type. Like we are going to be going yeah. out for more than likely the same exact things. Um, yes. You know, we each have our own strengths and things that make us unique. Uh, but more than likely, we're going to see very similar things just based off of the, our tone. But to totally. me, I know it makes me look so much better to anybody if I'm saying I'm recommending someone who if you believe that I can't do the job or for whatever reason I'm not right for the job, I know yeah. that somebody else can kill it. Like I'm doing them a favor by putting your name on, on the table in whatever capacity it would be. And that goes for anybody dealing with any similar circumstance. Like if Mm -hmm. I just referred a buddy of mine, who's a big actor, he's a, he's a series regular on, on a TV show. He's done big movies. Like he's a, he's a celebrity. He was like, telling me, he's like, you know, I really want to start doing uh, commercials right now. I'd like to just start making Mm -hmm. commercial money. I was like, I'll refer you to my commercial agent. Yeah. No problem. Easy. And then within yeah. seconds, my, my agent was like, oh, they're interested in working with us? Thank yeah. you very much, Paul. Yeah, that's you know? awesome. So uh, that is my pleasure. Uh, gosh. And, 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 and I remember I had an audition for something, you know, not saying what it is, but I was like, I, like, I want to go to Griffin right now and ask him what he thinks because I trust yes, you I remember that, yeah. as, a, as someone who knows what they're doing, working within this medium, and, and the fact that yeah. you even offered me feedback, that, was, that meant the world to me. And to see... And that also hopefully, gave. Go ahead. I said, hopefully it was helpful. I tried my best. <laughs> but but even what you said, it just gave me such an insight to how you work and how perceptive you are as an actor. Like the way you even phrase things. I mean, I don't know if you you know would ever be interested in like teaching or coaching or if any of those things ever like are appealing to you or whatever. But yeah. just the language that you used uh, for me as an actor was so. Uh, it was actionable advice you know Good. where it like Good. it made sense and it was so clear that it, it it takes someone who really understands their craft to be able to communicate like that so it's just yeah. to me showed me I'm like yeah this is no freaking mistake why they are successful <laughs> at what they do if you can Aww. communicate somebody else's material like that that's it's yeah. it's even different than directing it to yeah. to give that type of advice so i really appreciated that well, you're welcome, and thanks for trusting me with my opinion. So. <laughs> Always. <laughs> I would love to just talk about um, yeah. one quick fun thing before we Uh-oh. get into some audience questions that we've had. You know, uh, people send in their Paul, questions, still there? and we encourage everybody to do so. You can email info at pointsofexperiencepodcast.com. It's always in the show notes, um, and we have some questions for Griffin. But for you, you've worked yes. on so many projects. Everyone always probably asks you, what's your favorite one? But I don't want to do the typical favorite one. What mm. was a project that kind of either terrified you or like surprisingly was like uh, uh, was shocking to you or mysterious or you didn't really know what you were getting into or 
you know, kind mm. of uh, something that had an impact. God, don't am I never I'm never going to say the word impact again. <laughs> I know it right? had an impact on you in a different way yeah. that wasn't like, oh, you know, because working on this was so much fun. You know, everyone like those ones. What was one that was just yeah. kind of like, wow, that was really unique, and I'm surprised that it didn't like blow up or something. Okay, sure. Um, well, this was a pretty unique experience. I would say not many voice actors do this kind of work. It, it's kind of far and few between audition wise, but. Um, I got this text-to-speech opportunity um, through a regional agent uh, in the Bay Area, and this was years ago. This was probably in uh, late 2014, 2015, early 2015, and um, it was for a product called Jibo, and it was uh, labeled the first social robot for the home, and um, I had to go through quite a process to, to get this job. It was multiple callbacks. Uh, the client flew in uh, from Boston and literally stood in the booth with me uh, while reading lines. He was like f feeding me lines and I had to respond to him, but, but he was in the booth with me, which was very unusual. <laughs> um, and it was a long-term project. Uh, well, for, by voiceover standards, it was like four or five months, maybe almost into six months. Mm. So I would go into the studio once I, I booked this job. I'd go into the studio and we'd record um, prompts like uh, for three hours a day of all sorts of compiled entries from Wikipedia, CNN, the weather, whatever. Uh, and it was to build this lexicon for this robot. Um, and a lot of people don't know about it. It, it was on the cover of Time magazine. Is the robot was on 2017, like November issue or something like that. And I really thought that this was going to be huge. I thought it was going to be in everybody's house. Um, and I was so proud to be a part of it. I still am really proud to be a part of it. Uh, but it, it, it fell apart. <laughs> that company doesn't exist. And I don't even know what they're doing with Jibo these days, but, um, just such a unusual time in my life. And, um, I was so grateful to have the gig, but it, I don't know. It's just, I never ever saw myself doing something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, it's so funny you bring that up because Joe, um, I believe that was someone at, had a, a question regarding Jibo. Did they not Joe? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading them right now. <laughs> okay. I was like, I remember reading that and I didn't know what that was, but now I have context for what Jibo is. Uh, so Joe, yeah, if you want to just start firing off some questions here. Well, I'm not going to leave everyone wondering. The question was, do you miss voicing Jibo? I still have my robot and I was wondering if you want to go back to voicing more for him. That question <laughs> was from Angie. Hey Angie. Um, I don't necessarily miss it, but if given the opportunity to do more work on it, I would gladly do it. It was fun. I had a great rapport with the director. I really liked the people I worked with at the studio, and to see it in in more people's homes would be really fun. It was a it was a neat little uh, device, um, but sadly, I I don't ever see it coming back. <laughs> I'll be surprised if it does. It would be a, it would be awesome if it did, but. Um, yeah. What if it comes back and it t tries to take over the world like take freaking Ultron, world. you know? Then I'm going to have to take it down. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm going to fight myself. Dude, that's the movie right there. That's an amazing yeah. movie pitch. A voice actor who voiced the, the this the robot, robot and then they have to that, take it down. That's hilarious. Dude, yeah, that, that is great. Like, I like that. 
That's a brilliant idea. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's jot that down. Let's put that down. As right? Oh, gosh. Joe, next question, please. <laughs> All right, this one's from Alina. Hi, have you read the manga from any show that you have voiced in, and who is your favorite character from Demon Slayer besides the one that you voiced? <laughs> Hi, Alina. Um, I have not read any manga. I have watched season one of Demon Slayer, and I'm probably going to forget some names. Um... My favorite is Bryce Pappenbrook's character. Um, Inosuke. Inosuke. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's great. He's a, a wild, crazy boar boy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, great character for sure. And then uh, from Brendan M., what are your thoughts on the upcoming Digimon Adventure 2 movie? And what was it like stepping into the voice of Davis in Last Evolution Kizuna. I hope I'm saying that right. Okay. Well, sorry. What was the, the uh, individual's name that asked the question? Brendan. Brendan. Hey, Brendan. Um, I, this is going to be a really boring answer. I I don't remember <laughs> remember uh, that project too well. Um, I've never seen uh, the the final. Um, uh, I don't, is it a movie? I, I'm just going to embarrass myself. I uh, think so. Maybe. I, yeah. I don't know too much about it. Um, I, I will say, blanket statement, like, it's an honor to work on any, um, any project. Uh, you know, it, to, to be, able, be able to make a, a living as a creative in any regard is, is, is awesome. So I'm just I'm grateful for the work. Um, I tend to find out later what things are popular and what aren't. Like, I didn't know before doing Dopio and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure kind of what, what a big franchise that was. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm learning things as I go. So, yep, that's my no, response. And, and <laughs> yeah, you've worked on so many like things that have become these kind of cultural explosions, um, specifically in the anime world. I mean, even like Hunter Hunter. I think that was probably one of your first roles that you it was yeah. had worked on, and that to me, and it's one of my favorite animes of all time. And I think Joe uh, here would agree with me. It's just a, and it's a very memorable character, and I think even being probably as early as it was in your career, there yeah. was a very, very unique character that you created in, in, in that guy, even the way his speech pattern was like, it was very, um, yeah, for sure. You know, I, I just love the whole greed Island arc. Yeah. He's a little, he's a little odd. Yeah. Um, very masculine body with a, like a boyish face and a bowl cut. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that oh, was like one good. of the first I think that was one of my first animes. And it's crazy how, you know, that's I mean, Hunter Hunter is one of the I think biggest of all time uh to have Pretty big. I mean, I'm sure you had no context of that when you first recorded that, yeah. Not at all. Um, I had no idea. Um all right, and final thoughts here. This is a little different than the, the previous question I had asked, but um is there as the show we we try to ask our guests if there is an experience they've had in their life that's not I mean we've had so many conversations here about your experiences uh mm-hmm. near life and death ones for sure. But is there an experience <laughs> or a lesson or a piece of advice that you were given or any interaction with somebody um a point of experience that you've had that was uh impactful on you again my god uh there's too much going on here. Uh that that you would love to pass on uh, to somebody else that doesn't necessarily have to do with uh, your career. Oh, I see. Um, it can, but oh, you know, a lot of people talk about you know like them having kids or you know having uh, 
I mean, again, like your near death experience, I think is definitely something you took a lot away from, but, uh, yeah. Anything else that kind of stands out to you that you think somebody would, um, you know, find insightful or, um, through your experience, maybe you learn something. Yeah. Uh, gosh, I'm sure there's many, many, many lessons. I'm, I'm trying to, to hone in on one that's not career related. Mm. Um, what about being like a homeowner or something? What about any of those things? <laughs> well, uh, you want financial financial advice, which I got from my dad since I was like two years old. He told me he was like Griffin, if you want to be well off someday, save a dime for every dollar you get a dime. And I was like, Dad, I don't understand. That's that's nothing. He's like, if you save ten percent, you'll be able to retire early and you'll have a comfortable life. And um, I really took that to heart. I, I uh, started saving at a really young age. I started a Roth IRA when I was 18 years old. And I've just been tried to, even when, I w- okay, here's some good life advice. Whenever, you're, whenever you make advances, like where you're, you're doubling your salary uh, or you're, you know, things are really moving forward, don't let your your standard of living double as well. Like don't mm. don't escalate it at the same rate that you're making uh, money or whatever it is. So just live. I would live somewhat modestly, even as things are sort of taking off or improving, and that'll that'll really allow you to do some big things. So I was living with roommates even when I was starting to make some decent money, and by by keeping it, keeping my overhead super low, um, I bought my first house in 2018 or 2019, um, and was able to do it comfortably. So it's kind of a boring, I don't know, it's kind of boring practical advice, but it's really, it's really helped me out. And as a creative, it's super, super important, um, to keep, Keep things, keep expenses low, especially mm. as you're starting out and, and, and beyond. Um, I think that was way yeah. better advice than you could have imagined because a lot of people take that for granted, especially in the arts. And that's what I think yeah. I find most um, helpful when, when hearing people talk is because, you know, hearing the story about how somebody broke in or got this referral or landed this sweet job is great, but... This yeah. career in this industry is about sustainability and it's about being able to kind of keep growing as you're saying and survive yeah. while doing it because a lot of people just, they, they simply can't hang. That's, I, I always, yeah. I was always told yeah. that in my, in my theater class, my acting teacher's class, they said, all you have to do is outlast everybody else who's standing around you because yeah. so many other people, they're just not going to like be able to get through those, those dry spells or they're not going to yeah. be able to handle working as a waiter and they want to go do something else and they're not going to be able to yep. live with roommates or whatever it might be. And if you can just hang, if you can just yeah. hang long enough till you get that moment and then you can, can build upon that, like you're saying, I think yeah. that's worth that, that alone, you know, and it will, it'll allow you to approach auditions and sessions without desperation, which is so important. You hear People talk about that a lot, but it is so true. Like, if you are coming at every project like you need it so badly, you're less likely to book it. I've I've surprised myself booking projects where I I was so I what's I don't know how to put it, but like one time 
I wasn't even, I was in a casting office, not even to be there for an on-camera thing. I was there to do a voiceover thing. And the, and the woman there goes, look, I'm sorry. Like, I know you're here for this one thing, but this guy hasn't read yet. Would you, would you be willing to just like spent, stay here for another 20 minutes and read on this? And my initial reaction was like, oh, come on. Yeah. But I did it and I had no stake in the game. I didn't care that much. I, so I just went in there free spirited and like, oh, whatever, see what happens. I, I ended up getting that role for the on-camera uh, commercial because I was just like throwing stuff at the wall without any, I wasn't worried about it. And I didn't care what anybody thought of me in the room. Mm. So yeah, if you can, it's hard to harness. Way easier said than done, but if you can approach things that way, I swear you'll have more success. Easier said than done is true. Um, desperation absolutely does have a, a smell or a taste to it. You can you can recognize yeah. it very quickly. But even everything you just said, setting your life up to a point where you don't need anything and you're living far below your means, that allows yeah. you to have this I don't need factor and allows you to free yourself. Yeah, um, exactly. To tie it back to that, that is what it allows you to do. It's it you're you're not going to feel like you have to have that next job. You're gonna you're just gonna focus on doing your best job. That's and that's really all you can do. It's you put these seeds out there, you, you plant these seeds, and if you're doing your best work, then you don't re- you don't have any regrets, and you just say, well, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. And that's the best place you could be uh, with this work line of work. Mm. Well said. Very well said. Thank you so much, Griffin, for <laughs> yeah. coming on here, chatting with me. You have uh, – there's so much – gold in this episode and i think uh, it's it's honestly a, a privilege to to sit and chat with you and get to know you more and more and more and i i can't wait till your band blows up and you're able to give me backstage vip tickets when Thank you're playing you. at the garden <laughs> and all that other fun stuff or what's the, what's the equivalent of the garden out here what's like the big uh what's the big venue out here hollywood bowl hollywood bowl, bowl yeah great so, like so when you're a staples center i don't know yeah yeah, so when you guys are playing at the Hollywood Bowl or the the Staples Center, uh, you know I'm, I can't wait to get the my backstage tickets. But uh, thank you, you again you, for coming on. I promise on. you that. <laughs> there we go. It's here. It's in stone. Yeah. Uh, but dude, I hope to see you again soon. Thank you for hanging out. Um, and you know, just have a great rest of your night, man. See, so you had no idea that he did Devil Man Cry, baby. Nope. And now, uh, damn, what a what a guy. <laughs> he, that dude. show kind of ripped me up, though. That was a mm. crazy show, if you saw that. That was one of those unique, like, unlike anything I've ever seen before. Not exactly. for everybody, because of, it's it's very much like, I don't know if necessarily, like, the phrase out there is, is like, what I would categorize it out. But it, it has moments that are very, like, whoa, like... It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It it. I still think about it sometimes. That, yeah, that's, that means it's a good show. And it was only one weird. season. Yeah. Well, I mean, the story wrapped up. I mean, yeah. Really... Well, and that's another moment too, where you know you look at someone like Griffin's performance. It's that's a very like he does this so often, where you know, and and when you see him and you talk to him, he's very like. He's very chill and mellow and nice guy, and then yeah. he's got these mo these roles that has like you know these rage and and explosiveness and and yeah. so he he just really has 
so much depth to him and his performances. It's it's so cool to uh, see him explode and to get the the well due success. Like I think he's got over like a million something followers or close to it on TikTok. You know? Yeah, he was saying about. Well, you guys will see in the episode, but he'll he'll explain how he um, didn't really think TikTok was uh, <laughs> right. that crazy or that that many fans on TikTok, and then now bam, it's crazy. He got hit with boom fans. Yeah, it was not like uh, literal fans, like the ones that spin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he didn't get. Or, so wait, you mean like one of those paper fans, or you mean like one that's plugged into the wall? Like he's getting you know hit in the face with a fan. Someone's throwing a fan at him. Multiple fans through the wow. f- through the phone when he signed ever, up for you, TikTok. Don't go on TikTok, guys. You'll get assaulted by fans. Yeah. Do you ever you ever have the fear of a fan, a ceiling fan falling off and just chopping your head off when you're sleeping? Because I I have it all the time. It looks like it will, right? Most of the time, dude. I I How don't know what work? it is. I well, I, I mean, I, I I assume it's very well constructed, but y- y- there's possibilities for anything to happen. Um, and I think if we've all, we've all seen Final Destination, so you know who knows when oh, yeah. our path is is supposed to to cross the you know the timeline, and maybe it's just. The programming is that a fan is going to break, and it's going to—that's going to be how it happens. Um, but yeah, fans, ceiling fans, terrify me, especially the ones that rock. Like there, you got like, I'm like, that's falling off. That's going to. Yeah, that's gonna I'd, take I'd me be out. pretty upset if I if I uh, died from that. Honestly, I'd probably want to go like Alien Invasion. Maybe mm. would be. I'm fine with that. But if something, if an object killed me like i'd yeah, be like that... yo let's run that back like, <laughs> respawn that yeah that would be uh yeah i i think the only object again like by getting crushed by a ufo would be pretty like i think that'd be i'll take that well do you do you see it's a ufo before you're like oh, oh. absolutely and, absolutely okay yeah. And, yeah. and it's but how disappointing where like i feel like i feel like <laughs> if an alien anybody. an alien's gonna come you want to like get even if like if, if they're gonna like probe me and do all that stuff i mean absolutely terrible and i you know like you're you're more than likely gonna be tested on and if that's the type of alien they are but right, i feel right. like i'd want to experience that just to like confirm like this is what's going on here as they're torturing me i'd want right. to like like i knew it ah, i knew it ah, like, like you know? put up a quick tiktok like <laughs> dude <laughs> you know, when the alien spaceship hits just right and like you're sh- showing them the alien spaceship but we're gonna segue into you and i first realizing that tartaglia was coming out mm. tartaglia is griffin yes, yes. Who we're having on the podcast right now yeah, well, had, because we've already spoken to him at this point. All right, we're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're keeping that in. We're keeping that in for everybody. That's amazing. But well, hopefully it will be echoed in the intro because we have we, we right, record right, these right. things afterwards. But that's amazing. Uh, but, dude, we played so much. Well, you know, let's talk. we'll talk about that in the intro because we do the outros first. But, yeah, amazing episode, right? Like, he's so he's such a cool guy, so talented. Uh, we spent a lot of time in Genshin Impact, a lot of time uh, bonded memories in uh, the land of... Uh, Liyue. Oh, I'm not gonna <laughs> even try it. But uh, try it. 
Yeah, that was a great. Griffin, what a fantastic person. Um, make sure you check out his website. Uh, I didn't get a chance for him to plug all of his stuff. Check out all of his, uh, I think it's griffin-burns.com or .net. We'll have it in the show descriptions. Um, check out his Instagram and stuff. He's always posting his con announcements, um, his Streamly signings, all that stuff. Uh, we'll have those links in the bio. So if you're interested in getting a print, seeing him at a convention... We will link where that information is found. But keep an, an eye out for him. He's such a great person, and if you have the chance to meet him, I, I highly encourage you to. He's a great person. I'm glad he's influenced my life. Um, yeah, another great episode in the books. Episode the books. 19? Wow, crazy. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for, for listening, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.